Hey everybody, Sam Mellinger here, sports columnist with the Kansas City Star, and I am grateful for you listening to the 43rd episode of the Mellinger Minutes for Your Ears podcast. Look, this one's going to be different. I had this plan for the show, and uh, we're going to go over some parts of the Super Bowl that I haven't heard talked about much, and some things I thought the Chiefs could have done differently, some things that should guide I, at least I think should guide their approach this off season. And um, look, maybe we'll do that show next week. Or maybe we'll do that show some other time. But I don't have it in me, in me right now. I'm hurting. Uh, the same as I know a lot of you guys are too. And um, we uh, we lost a friend. And um, I <laughs> I haven't said this out loud yet, but um, Therese Paler, dead at 37. Um, it just it, it makes no sense. Um, as much as I want to go over the Super Bowl, I think there's some really good stuff in there, actually, that we can take from the game. But that's going to wait because right or wrong, whatever, um, this show is sort of like undeniably um, in some parts a reflection of where I'm at. And uh, right now, uh, where I'm at is with Therese. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I'm going to do this show or at least this open right here the way Therese would do it. Right. That means from the heart. That means with no script. And um, at the end of the show, in the third section here, I'm going to play for you a conversation with Chiefs General Manager Brett Veach, who obviously knew Therese in a different way than, than you did or I did, but loved him just the same. Um, and I think it's, it's a good perspective. So, look, um, Therese was one of the best people I've known. And uh, these last few days have just sort of been this weird stagger between laughs and tears. And um, Therese was one of those rare friends, you know, I... There wasn't a time I had thousands of interactions with this guy, right? And and there wasn't a single one of them where I wasn't in a better mood afterward, whether it was just a text or whether it was seeing him in person or whatever. He was special. One of the best journalists that I know and, and a way better man. And look, I, I, I could tell you Therese stories for hours. Um, and if you want a better idea about why I and, and so many others, really, um, but why I loved him so much, there's a column on the website right now, no paywall on it, by the way. Shout out to the editors. I'm glad they did that. Or, or just watch the video on, on the same link and you'll get an idea of, of what it was like to uh, to be with Therese. Um, Dave Hewlett, a, a tremendously gifted photographer, put together a two minute or so clip of Therese doing some of these old videos for us. And if you, I promise you, man, don't read a word I write, but if you just watch that video, you will know what it was like to be with Therese or work with Therese or just to know him. So anyway, at least for like these next few minutes or the rest of this segment, I want to do something else. And, uh, you know, instead of Therese stories, um, I want to talk about something that might be a little bit more universal and probably a little bit more off of what we're supposed to be talking about with this podcast, but I don't care right now. Look, I, I just want to talk to you a little bit about going through Savannah. Uh, feel free to bleep this out, but I want to talk to you guys about going through some right? Because we all go through some right? And um, we tend not to talk about it uh, because we don't want to burden somebody else or we think we can just get through it ourselves or it makes us too sad or it's hard, right? Whatever. Um, I also think like there's, you know, this natural like 
hesitation sometimes um, to tell people that we care about what we think of them. And, you know, I'm not necessarily talking about like our spout, like our wives or husbands or whatever, kids, um, even though I know sometimes it's hard for people to talk about emotions to, to anybody in any context. But what I'm talking about more here right now is friends. And um, I don't know how much of this is like a guy thing, right? Um, I just know that a lot of us don't like, say what's in our hearts enough. And um, look, I, <laughs> I desperately hope that this doesn't come across like preachy or like, you know, I'm telling you how to live your life or whatever, because we all make our choices. And um, so I guess maybe I'm just trying to tell you that I've lived both ways. And, you know, this thing about keeping how we feel inside, it's it's like uh, <laughs> Savannah, another heads up, uh, this like keeping everything inside is bullshit. You know, if, um, if I can tell you another personal story here. Look, a lot of you guys might know, uh, I lost my mom. Uh, it was a few days before Mother's Day, uh, four years ago. And it was very, it was unexpected. Um, she'd actually just been to the doctor, uh, I think the day before, and had a clean bill of health or whatever you call it. And look, I'm, I'm telling you guys, like I was wrecked, um, just rocked. And um, she was this incredible woman. She was strong and smart and I mean, everything. And, uh, you know, there's no way I could ever pay her back, right? Like she's a mom, but... I did think that giving her two grandsons was a start <laughs> to pay her back. But, you know, if you know what I mean on that. But anyway, a- after the first wave of shock, like sort of fades, you know, the first thing that made me smile um, after my sister called me and, and told me what happened, the first thing that made me smile was just knowing that without a shred, without a tiny, tiny particle of doubt, um, my mom, at least, if nothing else, she knew how much I loved her. She knew how much I appreciated her, that everything she did for us was known and acknowledged, you know, and, um, you know, like it still eats at me a little bit that she didn't have more time to see her grandsons grow up. Um, But at least I know that when she died, there could not have been any question in her heart or mind about what she meant to us. And that gave me a lot of mo- a lot of comfort, um, you know. It still does, and so, you know, I, maybe I'm getting sidetracked here. But the, the the point I'm trying to make is that I have some of these same feelings with Therese, and maybe that sounds weird. I'm not trying to compare my mom and Therese, um, and uh, you know, God, maybe this is why I should have written this out a little bit better, right? Uh, but the, the the point I'm trying to make is is broken is I feel, um, and I know a lot of others feel the same. I at least, like I'm sitting here talking to you guys on this thing right now, knowing that like Therese fully knew that I loved him and that I appreciated our friendship, that I thought the world of him um, because I told him that. And, um, you know, it doesn't make the pain go away or, you know, I'm still going to miss him. But I know how I am and I know that I would regret it forever if I never told him those things when I had the chance. You know what I mean? So again, like, look, I, I don't know if, I hope this isn't coming across like too corny. I guess if that's what it is, like I'll wear it, but like, I hope it doesn't preachy. I definitely don't want to get preachy here. Um, so if you want to ignore me, ignore me, fine. Like (laughs) we can still be friends. We'll talk about sports, uh, some other time. Right. Uh, but I'm just telling you, 
if you think there's someone in your life that you love, that you appreciate, and if you're not sure they know it, I promise, I promise you, um, if you stop this podcast right now and just call them or text them or whatever and just tell them you love them, tell them you appreciate them, tell them a funny story, whatever, um, you'll feel better. You know, like doing that, you're giving this person that you love a gift. And um, and then I think you'll also feel the same way. You're, you're sort of giving yourself a gift. Um, I've got this group of friends and you probably have one similar. It's, you know, a bunch of college friends, you know, the group I rolled tightest with. Right. The, the guys I've laughed with more than anybody else in the world. You probably have the same group of friends in, in your world. And um, it drives my wife crazy she uh she's caught herself before like she likes these guys she likes their wives you know all that stuff and um anyway she'll she'll start to ask me about you know my buddy's family um or kids whatever and like (laughs) by now she like sort of stops to like she catches herself before the question is over like oh let me guess you know you have no idea whether he likes his job or what his kids are like but you probably told that same stupid story about you guys playing beer pong junior year, whatever. And I'm like, well, yeah, exactly. That, <laughs> that is exactly right. And um, I should know more about these guys' lives, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not saying anything different. Um, we talk about real stuff some, but, you know, not nearly as much as we should. But it, what, I'm, what I'm trying to tell you, uh, the point I'm trying to make, let's get back on track here. The point I'm trying to make in this disjointed way, um, like, those guys at least know that I love them. You know what I mean? And and they know that when stuff happens, um, we can all transition like pretty quickly from these dumb old stories about some random Halloween or whatever um, into like real stuff and life stuff. And they know without a shred of doubt, um, without that particle of doubt, right, that we were talking about earlier, they know that like the impact that they've had on me and, and, that, and that I love them. And it, again, I'm not, <laughs> can't stress this enough. I'm not trying to tell you how to live. I'm just sharing... A little something that's made me happier um and you know or, or maybe it's made it a little bit easier to deal with losing someone that i love um i at least know that they know the impact they've made on me you know what i mean so look i hope this isn't sexist or bad stereotype or whatever but i think like as men you know i think we kind of generally suck pretty bad at this like we can sort of you know you don't want to talk about emotions or feelings or whatever it's easier not to um but i'm telling you it's it's better this other way at least it is for me again i've lived both sides of it and um i think it might be for you as well um look one more quick point about my mom that i think is good here like i I wrote something about her like in, in the days after she died and and at first it was it was just for me wasn't gonna show it to anybody Maybe my wife, but nobody else. And, and then I thought, you know what? Maybe this is something I'll read at her funeral or something. But something inside of me wanted to share it with the world. I thought that my mom would like that. And I'm telling you, the number of people who reached out saying that, you know, they told their moms they loved them or, you know, they were going to be better about calling their moms now, you know, or tell their moms like what what they appreciate about them, whatever. I, I'm t- it was overwhelming. And it was probably the most gratifying moment I've ever had as a writer. And my mom would have loved <laughs> to know that, that she had a part in all that. And so I guess, you know, the point I'm making here is that the same sort of thing can work with friends. Um, it did with me and Therese. So try it if you haven't. Um, I really 
I think you'll feel better. But like I said, live your life, right? Um, God, I should have scripted this out better. Um, okay, guys. Look, uh, I don't have the spiel about subscriptions in front of me, and I really don't feel like doing it here anyway. So just know they're, they're cheap and appreciated. And if you're interested, reach out to me and um, I'll send you the link. All right. OK. Love you all. Quick break. And uh, and then we'll hit some questions. Hey, Sam, this is Nate from Summit. Um, I just want to call you and let you know that I appreciate you and everything that you do, um, both in print and in the podcast. I, I, I hate how we wait until someone's gone to give them their flowers, and that's something that I want to do better at, um, and I figured I'd start here. So, anyways, uh, thinking about you and everyone that's affected by everything that's happened this week. Thanks. Bye. I, I know I've mentioned this before, uh, but I'm going to do it again. And I, I got into this business for a thousand reasons. It is all I wanted to do since I was like 12 years old. I want to do this so bad, actually, that it kind of freaked me out. Like I had this sort of simultaneous like passion to do this, but also this skepticism, like, you know, hey, man, like, you're 15 years old or whatever. Like, how can you be this sure, right? Um, I, I could talk to you guys for days about why I wanted to do this. Like, I love sports, always have. That's obvious. Love to write, also obvious. But it went deeper for me. I love the spontaneity of it all. You know, the idea of, like, getting to know so many different people, seeing different places, being able to experience these, like, amazing moments, being able to, you know, hear and help tell people's stories. Again, I, I could go on and on and on about this. And um, and I'm telling you, without exception, like, um, literally, without exception, the reality of my work life has matched what I hoped it would be, um, exceeded it, if I'm honest. But I'm bringing all this up to tell you that my favorite part of the job now more than all that stuff I just mentioned and a lot of other really cool parts of this life. But my favorite part of the job now is the connections that we're able to build and, and not with sources or athletes or scouts or whatever. And those are great, but it's the connections with you, with readers, with listeners, with you. <laughs> you know, you are the only reason that we are able to have these weird jobs. You are the only reason that I'm able to, you know, pay a mortgage and, you know, do all these things because of you, like for whatever reason, you've decided that I'm worth your time. And um, I mean, <laughs> that is an incredible gift. There is a reason that on this show at the beginning and the end, I say that my goal is to be worth your time. And at the end, I say, I hope I'm worth your time. It is an incredible gift that you give me. Uh, it's a privilege, a responsibility. I just... I, I hope you know I never take that for granted. And I, I, look, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked here, but like these feelings have been just hitting me a little bit closer even than usual this week. And I just, I want you all to know that I appreciate you, every one of you. I'm pretty terrible at returning voicemails. <laughs> I'll wear that, but I, I've enjoyed all the conversations we've had, you know, social media, like Twitter, Facebook, emails through columns or podcasts, the minutes, all of it. And it's just, it's important to me that you know that and that you feel it even when I'm not saying it this directly. 
And you know what? Like these feelings, like I said, they're they're hitting me like more than even than usual this week because I I think most of you would agree on this um, that this was Teresa's greatest gift. You know what I mean? Like he he always understood who he worked for, like who mattered, and even <laughs> I still <laughs> yeah, I still laugh about, <laughs> I still laugh about this, but. <laughs> Remember uh, when he uh, he always called himself the people's champ, <laughs> and, and then the the bosses at the office. We had this new way of like they they started tracking clicks and all that stuff, and <laughs> he started calling himself the corporate champ after that, and asking you guys for the, like the corporate click or whatever. Um, <laughs> oh man. Um, anyway, so I'm sorry, Nate. Um, <laughs> corporate sorry uh thank you so much for this i look (laughs) sorry i'm still laughing i hope you guys would agree you know i rarely in actually i don't think i've ever done this um until now but i i at least very rarely include messages like this on the show or in the minutes i hate the idea like being like self-congratulatory or whatever but i'm including this one because it's a different sort of week and and also because i want you guys to know that the words nate said here they apply from me to you I've been so damn lucky in my life for a lot of reasons, like starting with being born to the parents I was born to. But, you know, outside of my family, like one of the greatest gifts or lucky breaks that I've had is being able to connect with so many of you, chiefs, royals, whatever. Just we connect over what's going on. I just I appreciate you, all of you. Okay, (laughs) corporate champ is out. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Um. God, I've been laughing all week at these stories. Okay, here's here's David. Hi, Sam. This is for your podcast. Uh, my name is David. I'm from Overland Park. Uh, I've actually, it's just a twofold. But uh, but first off, uh, uh, I hope you're okay uh, with everything that that happened with Therese yesterday. I hope you're okay and. I've been thinking about you and praying for you and and all of the writers who know him well. But my question is, uh, in honor of Therese, can you do a list? Can you do a list of the top ten memories, things that your readers and should know about him? You know, I know a lot has been written, but what can be what can be said that that we don't necessarily know? So maybe some behind the scenes stuff that would that would make us you know smile and laugh, you know, to honor his memory. Um, Going to hang up now, but uh, I hope you're well. And uh, like I said, I'm praying for you and all those who truly knew him. Um, but uh, anyway, take care. God bless. Thanks. I'm still laughing at uh, corporate champ. But anyway, look, there's been there's been a lot said, and a lot of it is about how good Teresa was at his job, and and it's all true. Um, but if I'm going to answer this without going on for weeks, you know, which I could. Um, I, I'd, I'd, I'd emphasize two things. You know, first, I hope you all have at least a few people like this in your life. But Therese was one of those people like, I, I mean, I, I interacted with this guy thousands of times over the years, right? Like, it had to be. And I'm telling you, there was not one single time that we talked or worked together, texted, whatever. There's not one single time that I wasn't happier after than I was before. You know what I mean? Like, he just had this way about him. And my wife is the best judge of character that I've ever known and right like you you can make your joke here about her having a big old blind spot for your boy right but and your joke will probably be funny but anyway she is a terrific 
judge of character. And uh, honestly, it's, it's one of my favorite things about her. It's, it's like a superpower. But anyway, she loved Therese. She asked about him all the time. They had a connection. <laughs> he always asked, you, hey, how's your tall wife? <laughs> um, made me laugh every time. But look, she, she always just talked about how genuine he was, how much of a good person he was. And, and she was right. And okay, the, the other thing that I want to emphasize, and maybe Nate was sort of alluding to this and what he said earlier, but, you know, we have this tendency and, and look, this is, a, I'm not talking trash, like this is a good thing. It comes from a good place. But, um, you know, we, we have this tendency to maybe like embellish somebody's good qualities, you know, and, and maybe hide their bad after they're gone. And again, it's a good thing, comes from a good place, but you don't always get a true sense of what someone was. And you guys, I am telling you, as somebody who has known Therese for what, like 10 years, 12, something like that, 14, I don't know, whatever it's been, I'm telling you, uh, ain't nothing you've heard this week that's been embellished or hiding the bad parts or any, like Therese was, he was all good parts. He, he, he was the best of us. Okay, I, I want to close here with a message. Uh, this is this one's a little bit special for me. This is from Gene, one of my favorite, one of my favorite people to interact with. I've never met Gene in person, and I think Therese had never met Gene in person. But I, I know that that Gene had a, a special place in Therese's heart, and uh, as he does in mine. So, anyway, Gene and his wife just had a baby. Even like, how do I know this other than you know these connections that we've been talking about, right? But okay, anyway, here's Gene. Hey, Sam. It's your boy, Gene, from uh, Connecticut. Uh, normally, you're used to me going off on Twitter to you during games about the Chiefs, uh, but I actually wanted to call in and say a few words about uh, Therese's passing. Uh, I've been an avid reader of the star for years, as you know, so needless to say, I'm just devastated by the news that he's gone. To be honest, I think it's a little strange how sad I am just for the fact that he's a sports writer and we didn't have any sort of personal friendship or anything like that. Uh, but for me, it's due to what he meant to me as a fan of this game and the team, and also what he exemplified as a person. Um, I actually had to write all this down so I didn't forget any points that I wanted to make. So um, I'm almost 40 years old. I've been reading The Star since I was a teenager. Out here in Connecticut, we obviously don't have a huge amount of info about the team readily available, and I ended up finding you guys on the Internet. Uh, I love Whitlock's writing, but after he left, the content sort of grew a little stale, and it also didn't help that we were absolute trash on the field. Uh, but once you and Therese teamed up, all that started to change for the better. I think I speak for the majority of the fan base in terms of how you guys really have no idea how much fun you made every part of the season for me as a fan with your work. Uh, you could tell that her, Therese was hungry and wanted to be great at his craft. It started with the all-juice team draft previews, which, by the way, I, I love football, but could not imagine watching game tape of every single college player and putting that together. It was such an amazing read to get me excited for the draft. Then once camp started, those daily reports and updates gave so much good insight on who was showing out in practice and who needed some more work. Uh, and then once you guys started the podcast, it made it even better. My drives home from work in the summer and gridlock traffic would consist of your pods with your daily reports. Uh, the content was just fantastic. And one thing I'll never forget was his prediction of Tyreek becoming an all-pro after watching this kid who was a fifth-round pick in a few mini-camp and training camp practices. The radio bits you guys would do with 610 and 810 during the week were great. And I vividly remember during the Alex Smith era waiting for your post-game articles and thoughts after every game, win or lose. 
and then the post-game A-Team podcast a few hours later. It was just so awesome and such a fun way to end every Sunday. I remember all my friends who are also big football fans, the local teams around here, complaining that their beat writers never did that. We never won any titles or playoff games, but those were arguably some of the most fun seasons I've ever had as a fan. He took so much pride in his work and his efforts to interact with the fan base were next level. He was such a good guy that he would mail me a copy of the season preview every year because there was no way I could get access to it. So every Labor Day, when me and my girlfriend, my wife at the time, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, would go away for our beach vacation, that season preview would get read from cover to cover. And if I ever had questions about the team, like you, he would always be happy to respond to my question via DMs. Okay, like there's a time limit on the voicemail, so it got cut off. So, uh, okay, here, here's the rest of Gene. Hey, Sam, it's Gene again. Uh, I got cut off with my uh, voicemail, so I just wanted to finish this up really quick. Um, so, yeah, he would respond to all my questions via the DMs. I really did feel like I was some sort of insider. It was really cool. Uh, the crazy thing is, as an outside observer, is that you could really see Therese get better and grow more and more every season with his work, and you just knew he was going to be destined for big things. He was incredible. He provided so much next-level insight, and he was rarely off with any of his predictions. I mean, he was right almost all the time. And uh, every season, I would wonder, you know, when he would get picked up by a national publication. When Yahoo hired him, I was so happy for the guy, but was also really, really bummed that the uh, whole Therese Taylor experience was over. I found out last night what happened for my friends who actually knew how much I liked the guy as a writer, because once he went national with Yahoo, I got them all to start following him and reading his work. And I was so blindsided by the news that I got choked up and immediately started crying in front of my wife. Therese was just an example of something that we can all learn from. If you work hard, you know, as much as you can in your craft and you put the time in, you really can be as successful as you want to be. And he was just such a great dude. Uh, I'm never going to forget him, and I really hope he's resting peacefully. Thanks for your time, Sam. You guys, that that is as strong a compliment as I can imagine any sports writer could ever receive. You know, that is just, it, it's well said, Gene. Thank you. Um, Okay, uh, one more quick break, and um, then we'll be back with uh, one more perspective on my friend Therese, uh, this one from Chiefs General Manager Brett Beach. Okay, you may have heard a lot about my friend Therese this week uh, and on this show, right? And I'm telling you guys, it is all true. It's all great. Um, readers, coworkers, friends, whatever. I, the messages like from so many of you like have lifted me this week. Honestly, I, I, I appreciate each one of them. But I wanted to give you one more perspective. And, you know, there's a reason Therese was so loved and a reason he was so good at his job. And uh, I wanted to let Chiefs General Manager Brett Veach uh, share some of that, right? Like he knew Therese in a different way than the rest of us. You know, they, they had a really good relationship, one that, that transcended football. And um, anyway, I thought it would be interesting for you guys to, to hear a little bit about Therese from Brett. I just wanted to, um, there's been a lot of stories going around and everything. Um, and uh, most of them are funny, but they're coming from like specific perspectives for the most part. It's um, it's people like me that worked for him or worked with him. Um, and then, you know, people who just enjoyed his work and everything. And, uh, and I just don't know that I've heard a lot from people like you, 
that worked with him just in a, in a really different way. Um, I, I don't know any of this. Like, all I know is that um, you guys have a lot of respect for each other. How, how did you – do you remember the first time you guys talked or when, when you met? Yeah, I don't – you know, obviously I don't remember the, the first time we spoke or met, but, you know, when we first got here as the staff in, in 2013, uh, he clearly was uh, was in the middle of, of everything. And, and so – I think it, it was one of those gradual things where um, got to know each other, uh, always at our facility, always at practice, always, you know, grinding tape and asking asking questions. And, and then certainly as I moved into the general manager position, uh, you know, our relationship, you know, in regards to him covering the Chiefs became, uh, you know, became close. And, and, you know, he's obviously, <laughs> you know, uh, one of the great ones to do it. But, you know, as, as it's been said countless times and, and all throughout, what you see on the internet and Twitter, um, just the love of outpouring of support and, and just thoughts and prayers. It, it's no surprise because of just how genuine and authentic a person he was. And, and, you know, you guys certainly have the road trips and, and the stories and the, yeah. the grind on the way up, but just me knowing him at the level I did, I think his, you know, his level to be genuine and authentic just completely shown through. Um, no matter what the story or what the angle was, um, you know, it was just clear that this guy, above being great at what he did, he was just a great person in general. And, and to me, that's, you know, that's, that was a tough one. And, and, um, you know, like I said, there's not a guy that I've gotten to know in that line of work that I respected or cared about more. Yeah. What, um, did, did he, what was he like with you? I mean, did, did, did he make you laugh or was it all business? What, what were your conversations? You, know, what you can tell, and, and again, this is stuff that I've been seeing kind of talked about uh, on social media, but all that is, is accurate. He was, the cool thing about him was he was more, you know, concerned with, you know, the the person and the perspective. You know, it was never about I want to get something out first or I have to hit this angle up before this person. He just had a genuine, like, love for his profession. But, again, he cared more about people and the perspective. And I'll be honest with you, I don't ever remember, and we've talked a bunch over the phone the last three or four years, I don't ever remember him either leaving a conversation or starting a conversation without asking me how my family was doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it wasn't just about information for a story. It was he was he strives to understand, you know, the perspective and the reasoning. And, and you know, I, you know, the way he did it, though, it, it was it wasn't about, um, you know, just trying to take someone's perspective. Like he just wanted to understand Now he formulated his own ideas and interpretations of the situation. But he genuinely wanted to know um, the perspective and, and know the person. And, you know, that was something that I that I certainly greatly admired and. I think when you take a thousand foot view, uh, you know, of the world that we're living in, you know, not just did we lose someone that was great at what he did, but just in general, like, you know, the world, if they operate it more like, you know, after asking questions and gaining understanding and maybe not always agreeing with a certain perspective, but just trying to gain understanding of why that person or that team or that organization has this perspective I think the world just needs more people like that in general. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, and that's what makes, you know, 
this situation, you know, a tough deal. And, and, you know, when, when Ted Cruz broke the news to me, I mean, I was, that one hit me hard. And, you know, again, um, you guys have a relationship that was so special and so unique. You know, my thoughts are, are with everyone, their family, but certainly you guys as well, um, as you kind of navigate through this, but just a, just a cool person and, and, and a cool individual. And he had a competitive side too. I remember, um, I remember one time we were talking about information on a story and, you know, he got it out there and, you know, a lot of these times these, these bigger outlets or, or publications will, according to, you know, their source. And I remember the one time he, he did a story and they, according to Perez Taylor, and um, <laughs> I took, I took, a, took the old screenshot of it and I circled it. And uh, I, set, I sent him the, uh, the screenshot with it circled. And he called me right back, and he was he was he was he was cursing the storm, and but it was funny, you know. He he was again he was more concerned about, you know, the people and the perspective and, and paying attention to the detail of his work, but um, yeah. certainly had a lot of fun with that when that when that happened, and, and used to tease him all the time. But I mean, such such a great guy. Yeah, that that Perez Taylor thing drove him crazy. <laughs> yeah, um, like yeah. I, I remember there was a time where like he said somebody like wrote in. It was like, uh, it says your name is Therese, but I don't know if that's a typo or whatever. And he's just like, can't spell my name? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. he just gets pissed about Well, it. and you knew right away because when I send the screenshot, like, it's one of those deals where you send it and it says red. And then, like, within two seconds, my phone was calling. And he was, yeah. like, so pissed off. <laughs> um, but, you know, he, you know, that, so that competitive side showed up and, you know, yeah. but just all around, just a great guy. Good. Dude, I, I have to ask, um, do you do you have a memory of um, Mahomes' first start and me and Therese? I, I do. Idiots of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. I remember um, you guys were sitting right in front of us at Denver, and yeah, I, you know, I remember both you guys, you know, just soaking that all in, and 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 you know, right toward the game, you know, when it was the end of the game there, when he left the game and then came back in, and you know. You can hear Therese, you know, no, we didn't, no, we didn't, you know, that kind yeah. of deal. And, but I remember both of you guys sitting back there, and I think we all knew at that time that, you know, greater things were ahead for um, for our team and for this organization. But, no, I certainly I remember the, I remember that like it was yesterday. And, and like I said, I can I can picture exactly where you guys were sitting right in front of us. And, you know, we all kind of shared that moment together in our, in our own way, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I remember afterwards, like, kind of looking up at you guys. Yeah, yeah, Don, yeah. Donovan. I, for some reason, I caught Mark's eyes, and I was just like, "Man, they're they're just thinking like we got them." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're, they're in the bag or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. lot of, I'm sure you guys have stories that you can tell for for days, weeks, and months. Yeah, definitely. Right, you know, my relationship with him was you know the last you know three years, but you know you can still fill a storyboard up with that kind of stuff. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of a kind, man. Um, I, I appreciate you like talking to me like this, and um, you know, for Therese, he's um, it still doesn't seem real. You know what I mean? I lost you there for a second. Are you there? Yeah, no, sorry. I just said uh, uh, I appreciate you doing this, and I just it, it just doesn't seem real, even still. You know what I mean? No, I mean this is. Uh, <clears throat> I was talking to some work today, and I said I hope hope the good Lord is just flushing out all this bad stuff this week, and. You know, you know, giving it all in one shot because you know it's been tough, and you know, um, you know, like I said, feel for you guys because you know he was able to connect with me, and, and we had just a, you know, chief information type relationship and stories, but you know, you know how it is, 
with your coworkers and guys that you've come up with. It's, there's a bond that's all, it's like yeah. family. I mean, I, you know, it's like the guys I work with. I mean, you, you see these people more than your family most of the time. And, you know, so that one's, that's a tough deal. And certainly let's think about you guys. So that's cool, right? I mean, okay. So guys, I, I hope something in this show made you smile or laugh uh, or think or whatever. Um, Teresa's death is an absolute tragedy. But I, I'm just as sure, like just from the deepest part of my soul, that if we remember the people that we love, if we honor how they lived, uh, remember the good parts, uh, they can stay with us forever. And uh, that's what I'm going to do with Therese anyway. So, look, I appreciate you listening. I know we didn't do much actual sports, but this is the, the only show I had it in me to do this week. So thanks for listening. As always, thanks to Savannah Smith for putting this together. And uh, one more time, guys, I, I appreciate you. Thanks for letting me be a small part of your life. And let's do this again next week, but with more about sports. Have a great weekend. Be kind.